Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, whatever that hardship might be, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including Michelle Tafoya of Sunday Night Football fame, where we talk about infertility and adoption. Roxanne Battle, author of Pockets of Joy, who speaks about her father's dementia. And last week's episode, where we discuss having a compromised immunity and COVID-19. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to this week's guest, Samantha Harris. She's a former co-host of Dancing with the Stars, a TV anchor for Entertainment Tonight, E! and Extra, and now an award-winning author of Your Healthiest Healthy. Samantha will wow you with her enthusiasm for life and expertise in healthy living. She shares with us how her cancer journey helped her find more mindfulness and dig deeper into her positivity. She talked about how connecting with family and friends far away, as well as within the cancer community, helped her get through the rough times. And she shares a whole slew of her favorite healthy tips. Be sure to listen to the end when we play the grateful game. See, Samantha and I grew up together, so we had a few laughs talking about our old stomping grounds, including walking around the mall to see Nate Berkus, eating froyo at the gym, and how much we love our high school friends, especially Dee Dee and Sarah. She is fun and full of insights. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for our podcast guest today. Her name is Samantha Harris, and she is known to you as the Dancing with the Stars co-host. She was on it for eight seasons. She was even nominated for two Emmys. She is known all over as an entertainment host. She has hosted a number of primetime shows and entertainment shows, including Entertainment Tonight, E! and Extra. She's also guest hosted on Good Morning America and The View. She loves to be out in the community. She is an ambassador for the American Cancer Society and Susan G. Komen. She's also a true lover of health and wellness. She is a certified health coach and a personal trainer. And she is the author of the book, Your Healthiest Healthy, Eight Easy Ways to Take Control, Help Prevent and Fight Cancer, and Live a Longer, Cleaner, Happier Life. And she wrote this book after her cancer diagnosis, which is what we are going to talk about today. But I will tell you, she is the real deal. I have known Samantha for years. We actually grew up in childhood together, went to high school together, and she is not only so incredibly talented at her trade. She is really smart and she is such a hard worker. You may see her hosting on TV. She has been working on this since 
I believe her days at Hopkins High School at K-Hop, right, Samantha? (laughs) Yes, bringing it old school. Bringing it old school. And she went to, I always tell people when they talk about, oh, Samantha Harris, did you see she did this or did you see she did that? I will say, like, I use those words. She is the real deal. She has worked so hard to get where she is. Like, yes, she is a beautiful woman inside and out, but she is smart. She is talented and she just gets the job done by hard work. And so, Samantha, I know that you're incredibly busy. You've got a lot of things going on, all very exciting. And I'm really happy that you've taken the time to be with us today. Well, first of all, Karen, I love being able to come back together after all these years. And you and I have stayed in touch, of course, um, both through just life in general and all of our mutual friends from high school, but also through our own cancer journeys. And um, to be able to come together for this wonderful, purposeful podcast that you are doing and all the incredible work you've been doing through Pretty Wellness and launching all of that and putting all this hard work into sharing with so many people ways to be able to get the toxins out of what's in, on, and around their body, which is now, of course, I see why you went there after your cancer yeah. journey, and that's where I went too, and, and I, the purpose of it is so important, and we just both want people to not have to have a cancer diagnosis or any other health crisis to make the changes in their lives because we want them to be able to avoid these chronic diseases. And I, the, the wild thing about it all too is, is that in making these changes, in taking these small steps, like not only do you feel better, do you prevent diseases, but it's been a really fun adventure figuring it all out too, right? Oh, it has been. I mean, it's there are great challenges because there's such a mix of information. Thankfully, because I am a journalist by trade and I have that that research background, it's very helpful when looking at different research because I have to, I know as a, as a journalist, you have to make sure your source is really good. Right. And the same thing goes when you're researching for health information, because there's so much out there that is either, either untrue or confusing or not a great source. You have to make sure your source is really solid when making these changes. And then of course, sharing this information, not only changing the changes for your own personal life, but sharing this information with others. You want to make sure that you're sharing solid information. Well, and that's why, and I can't wait later till we talk about the book. That's why I felt so connected to the book because we definitely speak the same language and it is, it's all about the source because we know there's so much information out there. You just have to make sure you're deciphering it correctly, which I know as a journalist, you do do, and also communicate it to people so they understand it. So will you, will you tell us, tell us something that people may not know about Samantha, because so many people feel like they are your friend, whether they've watched you for years on TV or you have very active social media. So I know people feel connected to you, but what's something people may not know about Samantha? Well, this one might not surprise a lot of people, but that I I love to belt out Broadway show tunes in my car. Um, (laughs) Not at all. It does not surprise me. So that one's not surprising. You know, I, so I have a golden doodle and I love to take him to this. So, you know, with your car, you can take it to a self car wash. Well, there's self grooming place down the street from our house. You had like the big bins of of like a big, huge sink bin that you could put the dog in. And then they have all the soap and the shampoos and the blow dryer. And I I love grooming him. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) 
that know, is, because it gives me a, like a sense of like further connection with him, right. but it's also a really great Zen. I, I tend to find that my mind doesn't really wander. I stay really present and it's almost like a forced meditation in a way. And it's great. And I, I try to do it every, I don't know, but well, once a month or so. That's really beautiful. It's because you can't really multitask when you're grooming your dog and in, in a public place too. It's not like at home where, hey, you know, we could be talking on speakerphone and you could be grooming the dog and you could have something cooking in your kitchen. Right. If you're out there, you have to be present. So that is great advice. So, yeah. and it's something Don't that we want to know about you. <laughs> so, you know, as, as we touched upon, you're a cancer survivor and I want you to share, because we've all, you know, in, in life, we've all had a lot of hardship. I know that this is something that came out of left field for you. And I would love for you to tell us a bit about your experience and when you, you know, really started to feel that this was, um, you know, that, that cancer was now a part of your journey. Well, you know, Upon diagnosis, there is just that feeling of overwhelming anxiety that accompanies it. And I'm a very, by nature, happy-go-lucky person. And I found in the first weeks after learning of my diagnosis that cancer really struck that down for that moment. It put me in a place of anxiety in, in, in a place, in a place of anxiety that was so palpable where literally I could feel this electricity coursing through my body in such a negative way. And it felt awful. And I knew that there was a, there were a lot of unknowns yet to come. And I didn't know how long this cancer journey was going to last. But what I did know is that I couldn't keep feeling like that. And one day sort of under the weight of it all, I just sort of took a deep breath and I made a conscious choice to turn around my perspective. And I made a choice because it is always about a choice, right? right. We can choose happiness. We right. can choose aggravation. We can write. So a choice to look at everything with a, a positive spin. And some people might say, well, how do you do that? You just got diagnosed with cancer. Really? What's so positive in that? And it's really, it's kind of like finding little gratitudes, right? right. So it was in that and, and thought, okay, well, and this is something I write about in the book as well in terms of how to retrain your brain for positivity. And so one of the biggest tools that works is positive self-talk. So in trying to find that positivity, I really literally had sort of an open dialogue with myself. Okay, Samantha, you've been diagnosed with cancer. What's good about this? And I had to think kind of long and hard for a minute. Right. And I realized, well, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm more fit and healthier than I've ever been in every other aspect. And where that's going to benefit me is on the table in surgery. It's going to help lessen the chances of complications during recovery. It's going to help me recover faster. Right. So all of those things started to lift me up a little bit. And then I kind of dug deeper and I thought, okay, well, what, well, what else? I have a really positive support network around me of my family and my close friends. I have good health insurance. I, you know, and then all of a sudden once it's, and then it, thankfully it's almost like a snowball effect where the more good you think about and the more positivity you focus on, the more you find this positive around you. And so finding those silver linings along the way really made a huge difference. 
So that's, it's really powerful. I think self-talk, people don't realize how important it is. And half the time, I think they don't realize that they're actually saying, like having all this negative, like wah, 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 wah conversation in their own brain. I, I do think some of it is the support around you. And you were saying that you have such great support. Can you share? I know that that a lot of your family's not there with you other than your, your wonderful husband, your kids. Uh, can you tell us a little bit how you connected to family, you know, far away? Because that ends up being a hurdle for a lot of people. Uh, right. I mean, we both grew up in Minnesota. We neither of us live there anymore. Right. Um, my family, the majority of them are there. Um, you know, it was helpful that my sister was with me when I was in the hospital and stayed for the, you know, the many few days after I got home, then passed the baton to my mom who flew in, then my mother-in-law who flew in, then my husband's first cousin who flew in. And it was, um, truly a relay race. Uh-huh. Um, and then really just the phone calls and the texts and the constant outreach from friends and family who weren't nearby of just checking in on me on a daily basis, you know, again, through text, through email, through phone calls, and knowing that there were people there. It also really helped to connect with the community of survivors. And I'm sure you found that as well. Right. It's, it's this, you know, we'll call it a sisterhood that you never want to be a part of, but yet... Uh-huh. I mean, you know, tell us a little bit about that. When did you know? I guess, well, let me ask, you were a public figure. You know, the first time I was diagnosed, it was 2004 and we had social media, but we weren't as active on it, nor did we have smartphones. So it was easier for me to hide. And I'm not a celebrity, you know, like you are. So tell us a little bit about you want to connect with the community, but yet you're trying to figure out your way through your cancer diagnosis what was that like? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, one of the reasons, you know, when I was first diagnosed and I had to, you know, this was 2014. So it's a you know, it's crazy just how, you know, the, within the decades time, how technology has changed so much and right. social media has changed so much. And I was concerned that the information was going to get out there before I was ready to share it or in a way that I wasn't ready to deliver it. And so um, I really thought long and hard about how that message should go. You know, it, it was, I was like, Oh, well, if I, if I just bite the bullet and say something and, and, you know, put out a press release or put out a message on Twitter or Instagram, are people going to think, Oh, um, she's just trying to capitalize on her new illness. <sighs> and I was, was, I was really concerned about the haters that might be yeah. out there. And then yet I still knew that there was a chance that the information would get out there. And so the thing that really struck me as I talked to different kind of close, closed circle people was if, so I found a lump 11 and I know we'll get into this, but I found a lump 11 days after a clear mammogram. And I had two doctors in a row, a month apart, tell me it was nothing. And I waited four months after finding the lump to finally go see a surgical oncologist, still not thinking I had cancer, but wanting to just have that extra confirmation from someone who yeah. looks at breasts every day yeah. and that's specialty. Right. And it's probably who I should have gone for the second opinion, but I honestly didn't think I had cancer. So right. why would I? And the thought struck me, if there is just one woman walking out there with a lump that she was told was nothing and isn't getting it checked I need to say something if I can help in any way save her from a diagnosis that comes too late. 
And so that's really what propelled me to share my story. Um, you know, I was able to then craft the message of how I wanted to share it, which really wasn't so crafty because I'm kind of an open book. So it's like, and I just sort of blurred everything out. Um, but I was really glad that I did actually, as it turns out, uh, I had a few people reach out, but one woman who just sticks out in my mind in particular, who saw her, her friends had seen my story on TV and called her and said, Hey, wait, didn't, isn't this, doesn't this sound just like you, you went to the doctor and they told you the lump was nothing. You should go again and check it out. You look at, you know, listen to Samantha's story. She did. She went it subsequently got it checked out. Turns out that we ended, she ended up having cancer. She ended up having even cancer on the other side that they didn't know was there. She thankfully opted for a double mastectomy in this case. And we had surgery the same day with wow. doctors, same office. Wow. <laughs> same like, and I was in the waiting room one day and she walked up to me and she said, Hey, I just want to let you know that this is why I'm here. And this is the story I heard from you. And this is why I'm, you know, taking care of myself. Um, and so I was really grateful that I shared the information. And since then I've been truly an open book and talk about it as much as I can. Wow. That is incredibly powerful. That is one person that was happened to be in your community. I mean, what's amazing is that there are, I'm sure, countless other people that have those words in the back of their mind or know of your story and so now think differently so that they can help other people. So, I mean, I know it sounds like silly, but it was really brave of you when you're going through such a hard time and not knowing what where your future is going to be and having the girls, like not knowing, you know, that's a whole nother element in itself to be able to go out and, and to make this a message of hope and, you know, maybe triumph for, for other people as well. So, 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 I mean, it's, it's, again, it's, it's wonderful that you were that brave, but when you're, um, when you're talking to us about, you were talking about positive self-talk and you were talking about finding that positivity because that is, you know, and I can vouch for that. That is the person who you have been, you know, for as long as I've known you. Uh, can you tell us about some, you know, routines that you might have that would help you, you know, get back to that, you know, positivity, whether it's the positive self-talk or whether it's something else that would help you throughout this journey, kind of stand in this mental place where you want to be? Well, I think that adopting some sort of, I hate to use the word spirit, I mean, spirituality is talked about so often and I, but I still hesitate to use the word, but um, I think it's just the easiest catch all, but to find some sort of spiritual practice, whether that is, you know, for some people it's going to church or synagogue on a regular basis or, or, um, or a mosque, whatever their religion might be. It might be, uh, you know, doing yoga regularly and it might be meditation. Um, and you know, the power of meditation is always touted so strongly. And it's something that I still struggle to on my journey towards my healthiest healthy. It's, you're always trying to level up um, in a good way. And it's, it's a great thing to do. And so I finding a, an ongoing regular meditation practice of my own has been something that I've wanted to do. I've tried, I have not tried, clearly I haven't tried hard enough that it hasn't become successful for me, but what has come become successful is having what I call Zen moments. 
And it's really just, I could be walking home from dropping the kids off at school and taking a moment to be present, listen to the birds chirp, feel the sun on my face, feel the breeze in my hair, um, take some deep breaths and just sort of center yourself and reconnect. You know, reconnecting to nature is incredibly powerful. Yeah, right. um, I, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's harder obviously in the colder climates during the winter to be able to, to get out, but even taking that moment of breathing in the fresh, crisp, you know, 20 degree right. air, um, for a minute or two and, and feel that sunshine on your face is also beneficial. I love the idea of micro meditations right. because it, right, it's accessible to anyone at any time. And that's, what's great about them. Well, I, I completely agree with you. I think, uh, some people are completely connected to what, like you said, their spirituality or um, a mindfulness practice, but a lot of people are not. And those people from those I've, I've spoken with or connected to with, with what I do, it's a hurdle for them. And that's why I love what you're talking about these Zen moments, because it's just taking a small step and trying it. And when you keep trying it, that will become maybe a habit or at least helpful in the situations when you need it. So, yeah, so I, yes. love, I love that. Now, you are, I'm going to call you, you are a healthy lifestyle expert. You have been, you know, again, ever since I've known you, you've been very active. Uh, in recent years, you've become, you know, you went from being a fitness model to being a, um, to being a trainer. It's always been something that you've loved. Uh, you know, I, I believe, I feel like years ago you ate healthy, but again, what we thought was healthy is different than really <laughs> now. What we understand right. is eating clean and you've become a, a certified health coach. Can you give us a snippet into some of the best advice that whether you, whether it's in your book or if somebody calls you up and says, Samantha meets you on the street, whichever it might be, um, what do I need to do? I want to, you know, move towards my healthiest healthy. What's, what's the number one or two things that you would say I should do? Well, one of the, so I'm all about bio-individuality and small steps leading to big changes in your life, right? Yes, if yes. we want to make changes that are lasting, they need to be manageable. And you can do that when you take small steps. So uh, bite-sized step number one, when it comes to food, just get rid of the high fructose corn syrup in the products in your home. Yep. It is a really easy swap. You really won't notice, notice any sort of taste difference but you will be doing your family a world of good to get rid of what I call liquid death, that high fructose corn syrup. It, it is terrible for metabolic stress, inflammation, leads to chronic diseases in so many different ways um, on a cellular level. And all that means is turning around the packages that you have, reading the ingredients list to become an empowered consumer and when you see those words, high fructose corn syrup, you, you they're one of three things I say, because I know people have been like, well, I just spent money on this and it's yeah. an unopened package. Right. And I, all right. So here are my three. Immediately toss it, use it up and vow to never buy it again or donate it. Three options you choose and, and you will be that much better off one step forward. That's in terms of food. My small manageable step when it comes to what's on your body. We're talking about your makeup, your personal care yeah. products. All right. So our skin, as we know, our largest organ. Right. So 
when switching, because I know how attached we are to our beauty potions and lotions and our makeup bag. Yes, right. And you go to the department store and you're like, you plunk down that, you know, 20 or 30 or $80 for some overpriced item that you are now a devotee to. And you think, how can I ever do without this? Guess what? Thankfully, there are so many, as you know, Karen, yes. there are so many wonderful, clean brands out there. So my suggestion is just start with your foundation. Skin is your biggest organ. Start right. with your foundation, right, right. right? Layer a base. I almost think of it as a, a psychological barrier that if I put the foundation on that's clean, at least then if I put other things like blush or lip gloss or, well, you're not putting foundation on your lips, but, or eyeshadows. Okay. Right. Then hopefully I've at least set some sort of barrier. Um, don't kid yourself. Know that eventually you need to keep leveling up, but start there, start small. Well, and, um, and you may have experienced this too. I'll, I'll throw this in quickly is that when you start to find some of these, you know, boutiques that sell more, you know, green and clean makeup, a lot of times they have samples. And so our whole foods, some of them, not all of them will have uh, product samples. So try them because it's so fun when you get to try different things and then you find things that you really love. It's like, it's a whole new world. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. There's so what you know, people say, well, it's, it's Samantha. It's so overwhelming. I know your book, you have the keep off your bod list of ingredients that I shouldn't use in any products because they are either endocrine disruptors or they are, which is, of course messes with your hormones right. and you know, leads to a whole load of things or they're carcinogens or they're banned in the European union. And so clearly the, because the U S doesn't have our back, if the European union or the Japanese government is banning it, then we should probably say, but how am I supposed to always look at every ingredient? Well, guess what? Thankfully, the you know the world of the Sephoras and the CVS uh, you know drugstore pharmacy pharmacies that have makeup aisles, they don't vet for clean beauty. But thankfully, there are wonderful online resources right. from. Uh, that have done all, they've done all the legwork for you. So, you know, if you go onto these particular websites and I'll share them with you in a second, I know you, you're very familiar, Karen, with probably all, all of them. Um, they help you because they've done all the work. They've done all the vetting right. and you safely can say any product I purchase on here or investigate to learn about on here, I know is clean. So one that I love is called detox market. Yeah. And if you're in yeah. LA or New York, they actually have brick and mortar stores, yeah. a couple of them. And they give out, like you mentioned the samples, they give out great generous samples for you to go home and use to see if you like the products. There's another one called credo, uh, credo beauty. Um, another one called Folane, and the last one I'll mention, but there are others, is called Safe and Chic. And they have all done, they've all gone to, you know, Environmental Working Group, which I know you you also tell. Yeah, they're awesome. It's like, you know, they're like the Bible, the, the Torah for me. Um, the Environmental Working Group, so ewg.org, is a tremendous resource when you're looking up food products, ratings, or beauty, or personal care products, because they have gone through and basically for cleaning products and a through F rating, you can understand obviously, which is best, which is worst. And then for any sort of beauty products, personal care products, there's a, a, 
the one through 10, one being the most clean, 10 being the most toxic. And they give, they have a, a database of a lot of products. So you can just even enter the product name and it can pop up and you're like, okay, well, let me tell L'Oreal, you know, Lash Blast Mascara. I'm probably melding like different brands there right. with <laughs> that name. But, um, and you put that in and they say, okay, well, the rating is a seven. And you're like, okay, well, seven, that's kind of toxic, icky. I'm not going to, I'm going to stay away from it. But what if the rating was a four? Would you automatically buy it? This is where you need to be an empowered consumer because the ratings for a product are an average of all the individual ratings for each ingredient that's in that product. So it might be more or less toxic than you think based on the individual ingredients. So that's where you want to empower yourself or just cut to one of those, you know, detox market, credo, beautiful lane or safe and chic and find your products there and you know you're safe. Right. And I love, and now there's these apps, like the environmental working group has an app that you can go into a store and a lot of the products are in there because like you said, they're the Bible for so many people and it will, will pop up the number and some information. And so if you want, you know, like you said, if you want to be, um, empower yourself and learn the information, or, um, you can just go to one of these stores and, and you know, talk to somebody there that, you know, I love going into the store and, and being able to talk this language, just like, you know, you and I talking about it and learning more about what products they like or what, you know, might work better in this or that situation. So it's right. so fun. I love, you know, I think back to the Mary Kate parties like that we had when we were kids and, you know, who knows, like you see that now with beauty counter, like they're, 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 that is the new wave or the new age, um, you know, makeup parties is where people are trying different brands, um, whether it's in the stores or in home to learn more about being a, a conscious consumer and putting better products in our body. Um, yes. And, and there's another app besides the EWG's app that's called Think, Think Dirty. Dirty. Yeah. yeah. I think they're great too. Uh, so tell us, tell us more about what you're doing now. I know you, you talk about it all over social media. You've got obviously a lot, a lot of press on it, but I want to hear from you. What are you most excited about that you are working on right now? Well, you know, obviously I love my TV hosting career and that's always ongoing and fun and fabulous and whatever, but I am so passionate about health and wellness. And as a certified health coach, I've been able to help so many more people find their healthiest self. And so my book, Your Healthiest Healthy started, you know, it was great because it debuted as an a bestseller on Amazon and it reached a lot of people, but people decided, you know, kept coming to me saying, I want more information. I want mm -hmm. more more of a, a, a personal hand, sort of hand um, in helping my my own health journey. How can I get more information and make this more more tactile? So I launched the Your Healthiest Healthy Wellness Retreats. And also for those who can't get on a plane or take a whole weekend uh, or even a, a full day to get away from their family and commitments, I also launched the Your Healthiest Healthy online webinar, which is basically the same coaching material that okay. I give on the retreats. Um, but it's over the course of three weeks, but only one hour a week okay. live via video chat. And I do it so that I maximize, um, the person to person contact. So it, we have a limit. It's usually between five and eight people, eight people max. Okay. And we talk, we will one day, the topic is all about nutrition, how to clean up your, your diet, how, what to look for, how to become an empowered consumer when it comes to food and nutrition and diet, um, what to watch out for, what to include more of. Then the second day, that coaching session is all about 
the clean beauty, clean period mm-hmm. routines, um, making sure that we're getting the toxins out of what's going on our body on a regular basis or in the case of period, sometimes in our body. <laughs> and, and then, of course, the, the puzzle wouldn't be complete without the, the third session, which is really about toxic relationships, how to isolate who is creating that toxicity in your life because that shoots up your cortisol levels, the stress. Right. You know how much it hurts the inside of your body when you have a relationship or a friendship or even an acquaintanceship that causes that sort of stress. So how do you mitigate those relationships with the least amount of shrapnel? How do you then reinforce a positive support network around you and also build resiliency and, and a positive mindset? And so um, that's just sort of the the 1.0 version of the Your Healthiest Healthy webinar. And eventually once, uh, you know, we start to build more people who are craving more, then we'll go to 2.0. Samantha, I love that part three is about like the toxins in your life is the people, the relationships, the support, because I will tell you, and I don't know if, if you experience this, but, you know, when we're talking about going through hardship, whether it's, you know, for us, it was cancer, among other things, everybody in life goes through it. And the support system, at least anecdotally, and I know in some of the writing I've done, your support system is key. And sometimes we have support people that we think, you know, are good to us. We know they love us or like us, but they're not really good for us, at least at that moment or in that time. And it sounds like you're talking about that and helping people find tools to figure out how to get that out of their life, at least for the moment when they really need something else in their life. It's so true. It's so true. It's, it, it's something I didn't realize I needed, um, when I was going through all of my cancer stuff and I, and it became, I mean, look, <laughs> to say that I used the, the cancer card to be able to lean on to isolate some of these relationships um, would be slightly true, but also slightly not. Um, but it really was a, a helpful tool because I didn't have time anymore for the yeah. BS. Yeah. I, I wanted my life to be full of happiness and meaning and purposeful. And as you know, it's sort of the thing, the ultimate don't sweat the small stuff moment when you have a diagnosis because you realize it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And Hey lady who I see at school in at drop off and you end up one upping me at every turn. I don't need this. doesn't make my day feel better. doesn't enlighten life. I'm not, I'm clearly not giving you anything. So if I'm not benefiting you and you're not benefiting me, let's just call it a day, say hello and keep going. And not to be bitchy, but to be, take control. Right. Right. And, and that's, I mean, to your point, it's just, you get this clarity and it's, it's really beautiful that you have, um, you know, put something really helpful together in so many different ways and so many different platforms so you can reach a lot of people. So, Hey, I, I thank you for, you know, for so many people for that. Uh, Now I would love to close and see if you would um, do something fun with me. It's called the grateful game. My son and I, Every night before we go to bed, or most nights before we go to bed, we talk about what we're grateful for. Because we know that um, it just brings a little smile to our day. And I'll tell you secretly, I think my son just doesn't really want to go to bed and is trying to find (laughs) ways, right? Um, Always. To to stay up. So, 
So it's a nice ritual that we do. And I would love for you to play with me to kind of, you know, close out the podcast and, you know, I'll start and I'll come up, I'll I'll give myself a minute. I'll come up with a few things I am grateful for. And then I'll give you the following minute or, Hey, if I say two things, you get three, then Hey, you win. Although the truth is I kind of think we all win, but I don't know. What do you think of that? That's super duper fun. I love that. I love that. We, we do a thing called Rosebud Thorn that we, I did not come up with the name. My husband found it from in a book, but okay. with that, we practice at the dinner table. Rose okay. is something that you are grateful for that happened that day. A bud is a good deed that either you did or you witnessed someone else do. And a thorn is a mistake or a misstep that you made, or if you didn't do anything misstepping that day that you then witnessed and what you learned from it. Ooh, I like that. Rose Bud Uh, Thorn. Yep. All right. Just another way to get the kids to talk and also just, you know, acknowledge gratefulness. All right. That's great. I'm going to get back to you on that because I think I'm going to try that at our dinner because I, to your point, right. It's a good conversation. So, all right. So then maybe I'll start with that. I'm going to go now. My, um, I am grateful for you. You know, you've given the podcast a number of ideas and tools that you can use for your healthiest healthy, but for my family, I'm going to use the rosebud thorn. We also will say why, right? So I'm grateful for you, Samantha, for being on the podcast, sharing your tools and, um, giving me one that I can use with my family because I don't just want to talk about all the positive that's going on um, in our day-to-day, what we're grateful for. I want to talk about what else we can work on because I think that's helpful to open those conversations. Second of all, I am grateful for um, my chana masala that I get from Whole Foods that I'm going to grab as a late, I don't know if you ever had that from them, I am largely vegan, and so I love to get my sources from beans, and they have a really good chickpea, and you know I'll throw a little bit of rice in their dish at Whole Foods, and that's what I have for like a late lunch snack. And let's see, I'm coming on a few seconds. I am grateful that my son doesn't have baseball after school today, so we have a little <laughs> bit more time than usual, so I'm excited about that. So, all right, I got three. It is your turn. I'm throwing it to you. Okay. I am grateful that my pup was cuddling so cozily with me during this entire podcast because I need a cuddle and my kids as they are nine and 12, uh, don't want me to nuzzle them as much as I could when they were a toddler. So, um, my fuzzy cozy puppy is filling the void and I love that. I love and it I'm too. Great. Um, secondly, I am grateful for the, uh, slightly late in the day, but amazingly tasty acai bowl that I make. Um, and I change up, I have a green smoothie almost every day, but I change it up for an acai bowl that I still add my greens to, um, as well, but I do make it a bowl and I can actually sort of you know, the smoothie's always sort of on the run. Mm-hmm. Whereas my, I, I know if I'm going to make that acai bowl, I get that um, wonderful enjoyment that I'm also grateful for to sit down at a table and enjoy spooning something into my mouth that is healthful and going to give me great energy and wonderful things on a cellular level. So I'm grateful for that. Number two, number three, I am grateful for, um, the meal that I am going to have my kids help me cook tomorrow night because I came across a meal with sprouted organic tofu that I basically did sort of like that kitchen sink type of meal where you just sort of 
see what you have and throw things. And I made it a couple months back and the whole family liked it, which is, as you know, oh, yeah, that's, is virtually impossible. Oh my gosh. That's a, that like, that's amazing. And the kids, you said the kids helped you with it. And the kids. And so tomorrow night, the kids are excited to have it again and they are going to help me do some of the chopping and preparation. So that's kind of a two for gratefulness because I'm grateful that they, the whole family discovered something they all yeah. like. And that it's, and that it's healthy it's and not just, I mean, look, we all like ice cream, but you know, I'm not going to be as grateful for that one. Right. Um, right. <laughs> all right. You, well, you win because so many, you know what? I actually was going to say, I think you had two in the, the smoothies, acai bowl. Like you're excited that you had the acai bowl, but you also had the moment to, to sit down and eat it. And, and so that kind of counts us too. So, but we all win. Like you and I, you know, like I think you and I were always the people too. We are always cheering everybody on, like the winning team, the team that's not doing as well. Um, you know, it's like, we're just finding, you know, as you would say, you're making lemonade out of lemons in any situation. So thank yes. you so much for being on with me today. And I want to thank the listeners because I will say I was super excited about this podcast, but also when you were talking with someone you've known for a long time, I want to share about, you know, what, what we've both been through specifically what you've been through and how you've coped with it and how you found a little happiness in the hardship. And so for those listening, I hope that this, um, you know, it was a little back and forth of, 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 um, you know, hardship story, fun wellness. We just have a lot to say, right? I think, well, we think so. <laughs> and hopefully we had some enjoyed it. And, you know, look, I look forward to the opportunity of either through Instagram messages or through my you know retreats or webinars, being able to meet some of the incredible people who are following you, Karen, you've done such a, a beautiful job of setting a, just a great example for people of how to get their pretty wellness on and, and reach their healthiest healthy. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to say to everybody out there, like us being who we are now, like it took, I was the girl who drank two Diet Dr. Peppers, you know, every morning before eight o'clock. And, you know, hey, when we were kids, I went to Carboni's Pizza and Shakey's Pizza and I used to oh, eat Taco Tony. Bell. Oh, and what are all those other things that we did? Like it, you know, you got to start somewhere. Taco and like, Bell was hangout when Devani's Pizza kicked us out. Totally. Uh, Oh. Bell out. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. There were so many, like our life revolved or at the, how about at the mall? There was the, the chicory. Remember the chicory? Oh my God. I loved the chicory. Isn't that where Nate Burkus? I think, yeah, it was <laughs> Nate Burkus worked there and all the girls would go like, like, um, we go all golem, yeah. right. Right. There was the chicory. There was the, in Dayton's down, like downstairs, there was the candy at Ridgedale where you could go get and the, the candy. And the Froyo that I used to love. Oh, the Col wasn't it Columbo? Columbo. Columbo. <laughs> Yogurt. Or you could get it at Northwest Club, and we'd all like go try and work out at the club, at, you know, the, well, the you gym. Work out, and then you get your frozen get yogurt. your frozen yogurt. Yeah. So, so we digress. We have come very far, is what I'm trying to say. And everybody else, like you, can too. It's got to start somewhere. So, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you, Samantha. Uh, you know, and I'm I just want to send big hugs and healing vibes out to everyone. So, bye for now. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first, a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show.
And now my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode, and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. Today's guest, Samantha Harris, is a firm believer as well. In addition to embracing clean eating, fitness, non-toxic living, and mindfulness, as we discussed, Samantha's family has a gratitude practice as well. Not only do she and I share a lot because we've been friends for years, we also share a similar belief in taking small steps toward better health. Please be sure to check her out on Instagram at Samantha Harris TV, where you can connect with her about webinars, her book, and much, much more. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Pretty Wellness, where we share our daily tips on how to make healthy living easy. Thanks again for joining us today, sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.